Hello, and welcome to Wicked Wednesdays, your weekly podcast on sex and sexuality, with an emphasis on BDSM kink and poly relationships. I'm your host, Wicked Fellow, and today we're going to talk about incels, specifically the fact that I don't think that legalizing sex work is the cure for the incel problem, the incel issue that we've been having. Before we get started, I want to send a very special thank you to our newest Patreon members, Savik, Mia, and Miss D. Thank you guys very much for your support. I simply could not continue to do the podcast without the support of the Patreons. So again, thank you. And if you would like to become a Patreon supporter, head over to our website at wickedfellow.com. You can find the link there as well as all of our social media links. The podcast is hosted there. Our YouTube page is there. And of course, all of our adult sites. Again, that's wickedfellow.com. I wanted to thank you guys for the feedback I got on the consent podcast that I did. I know that I've always tried to emphasize the importance of consent whenever we're talking about BDSM, kink, even regular relationships, and I was happy to do a full episode specifically on consent. Some of the feedback I got was very positive. Some of it fell into the category of exactly what I'm trying to work against. And one of the reasons that I started doing this podcast was because when we started becoming successful with our adult videos, many of which were very rough, very BDSM kink, but also a lot of rough play videos. When we first started making those, it didn't really occur to me or I didn't understand the importance of making sure the audience for those videos understood that they were consensual, that this is a consent power exchange relationship. It's not just me abusing people. I kind of took that for granted. I kind of understood that people would see this and go, oh, obviously both parties are into this. But unfortunately that wasn't the case. And more and more we were getting feedback on those videos about how this is how a real man should treat a woman. And, you know, don't ask questions, don't ask consent, just do what you want. That kind of toxic behavior. And that was very alarming to us. We wanted to make sure and explain to people, sometimes in very long form, that no, this is a type of play. This is not representative of an entire relationship. It's not representative of the only good way to have sex. This is a type of play. And so we started producing videos where it was more clear. We started having consent statements in the videos. We started having disclaimers before and after saying, you know, look, this is play. We have both consented to this rough play. The model I'm working with is into this. They're not being forced. They're not being coerced. They like this kind of play. And while that helped, and I do think that for people in my line of work that do produce rough content like this, I do think it's very important to make sure in the videos it's clear to people that this isn't how you behave unless your partner is into it. You know, this is perfectly fine and fun if you're both on board. But you don't just do this kind of thing, this kind of rough play with just anybody, and especially if it's not what they want to do. So I started this podcast. I wanted to be more on the education front of BDSM, kink, you know, consensual rough play, that kind of thing. And we started to include that in our videos, as I said. Unfortunately, with all the stuff that's gone on with Pornhub and the other sites, a lot of the videos that we had put up that were very rough but also contained our consent disclaimers and made it very clear to the audience that, hey, this is okay, this is fine, this is consensual. 
they've been taken down and some of the stuff that's left up doesn't have that. And so we've kind of lost ground on the making sure that we, that we have a consent forward style. And so when I do get back to creating content, which I really do hope to someday, we're going to make sure that that is baked into everything we do. We're still going to have the rough play. We're still going to do the exciting stuff that you guys like to watch. But I want to make very sure and very clear that the audience is under no illusion that this is actually forced, that this is something that the model doesn't want to happen to them. So when I did the consent podcast last week, some of the commentary that came back from that was, you know, this isn't right. A real man doesn't ask permission. A real man just does. What women really want is a man to take control and tell them what to do and not ask their opinion. And that is just not true. You know, anytime you make a statement that what women want is X, you're going to be wrong. You're going to be wrong if you have three women in a room. Sure, some women really do like that kind of very forward, I'm in charge, I'm going to tell you what to do relationship style. Katja is one of them. But that is her choice. That's what she wants. That's what she has expressed to me she wants. I've had many relationships where that was simply not the case. Or it was the case to a small degree, say in play, but in regular everyday life, my partner wanted a large degree of autonomy and they would not welcome me telling them what to do and not asking their permission, not asking their consent, etc. And this notion of a real man doesn't ask, a real man just does. Nonsense. That's absolute nonsense. In some relationships, in some styles of DS play, sure. And it's perfectly healthy and that's fine. But that is a voluntary, consent-based relationship. Katja has consented for me to be in charge. She's consented that I make the decisions and I tell her what to do. Part of the reason that Katja feels completely comfortable in that relationship is she knows I respect her and I will take care of her and that I will put her needs first. And I won't just use her as a house servant to do my bidding and do my laundry and do the dishes and just take orders from me and never receive anything back from that. So I think if I did become kind of abusive in that way, if I abused my authority over her and just sat around all day and told her to do stuff, I think she would quickly tire of that relationship. And I think anybody would. Part of the responsibility of having a very strict, dominant, submissive, I'm in charge relationship is you don't get to be lazy and just tell your submissive to do everything there's a lot more to it than that. And if you want to be a good partner and you want to be someone that commands that kind of respect from your submissive, you have to be very careful with the power they've entrusted to you. So sure, are there some women out there that really want that and like that? And, and for them, that's their dream relationship? Sure, absolutely. I don't doubt that at all. To say that all women want a man to come in and take charge is completely false. It's just not true. And it's... It's very misogynistic in a way. It's also, it just lumps women into this one chunk of humanity that they're all the same. They all want the same thing. They're all the same way. And in responding to that comment, it really got me to think about what is kind of the fundamental problem with guys who see women as, first of all, a universal block, just one cohesive, homogenous mass of humanity that all want the same thing. That got me to thinking about the incel movement and the problem that we've been having with that. And also I was listening to Cognitive Dissonance, which is a podcast I very much enjoy. 
And they had a section that had a lot of incel-related commentary. And one of the things that they had said was, well, if we just legalized sex work, that would take care of the incel problem. And I'm probably paraphrasing them unfairly, but that was kind of the gist of one of their comments. You know, I like these guys a lot. I think that's very reductionist, and I also don't think it's a good solution in any way. So before we go down that path, I want to kind of lay the groundwork. Some of you have probably never heard the word incel or don't know what incel is, and it's complicated. It's kind of thorny, and I'm going to try to be as fair as I can as I address this issue. So what is an incel? Incel is short for involuntary celibate, someone that wants to have a relationship, specifically a sexual relationship, but is unable to have one, whether that's because they are conventionally unattractive or they have very poor social skills or they're not seen as desirable by the opposite sex. There are a myriad of reasons why someone may end up as an involuntary celibate. The fact is that there are a lot of people who desperately want to have a relationship with someone and are unable to. For some segment of the incel population, they don't take that angst and anxiety and anger out on the opposite sex or the same sex if they're a same-sex incel. They kind of understand that for various reasons, they don't make a very attractive partner and they accept that and they don't necessarily become hostile towards potential partners that they wish they had. Unfortunately, there's a larger segment of the incel community that is very hostile towards the opposite sex or the same sex. It's This is one of those things that it tends to be male incels against women. And there is a very strong streak of misogyny there. There's a very deep thread of, I'm angry at you because you don't want to be partnered with me. And that anger, you know, I can understand it. You know, this has not been a problem of mine. But I definitely know what loneliness is. I definitely know what it's like to want something you can't have. And I can understand why turning that anger and that pain and that loneliness and projecting it at the source of what you see as your problem. You know, I'm a male incel and I want to be with this lady, but she doesn't want to be with me. So I'm going to be angry with her. I'm going to take that out on her. I'm going to dehumanize her. I'm going to make her the bad person for not wanting to be in a relationship with me. You know, that is very tempting. It's, I would say it's even a natural response. It's an unhealthy response and, and it's not something that anyone should entertain, but I can understand that anger and I can understand that pain. But taking it out on women because they don't wanna be your partner doesn't solve the problem. It doesn't make things better. Creating an enemy, dehumanizing them, you know, lumping them all in the same category, and deciding that they're just subhuman, they're not real people, they don't get to make their own decisions and choices, that sense of entitlement that I should have a partner, and because I do not have a partner, I'm now angry. You know, we see a lot of this, especially in online communities. I don't think being an incel is anything new. I think that because of the nature of online discourse, and marginalized groups being able to communicate and grow, I think that what was once a very isolated and isolating condition, obviously, has kind of formed a cohesive mass of people that fall into this angry, misogynistic incel community. 
And, you know, as I was saying, not all people that are involuntarily celibate are bad and are hateful towards women. I don't believe that at all. I just know that those people aren't the problem. Those people aren't attacking women. Those people aren't actively harming women. And that's become a thing where we've seen terroristic style attacks against women because of this incel ideology of women are bad and I'm going to attack them for it. And that is fostered and lionized by certain segments of the incel community. And that's very dangerous and it's very harmful. And I believe that some of that thinking is where you get comments like I got on the consent video. I'm not saying that that person is an incel, but there are some shared ideologies that women don't want or don't deserve to be treated as peers, that they should be told what to do and serve you, which is not true. So to bring this around to the comment from Cognitive Dissonance, you know, the thinking of, well, if we made prostitution legal, if we made sex work legal, then these incels would have an outlet for their sexual frustration, and then there wouldn't be a problem. The problem would be solved. And I don't really think that's the solution. So on one side, I'm absolutely for the legalization of sex work. I'm a sex worker. I support sex work. I see nothing wrong with sex work. And I really wish that we would, as a country, recognize, legalize, and protect sex workers instead of keeping it illegal with the notion that that's somehow protecting sex workers when that just drives it into the underground economy, which is very dangerous for sex workers. So having it above board, having routine testing, having protections in place for sex workers would be a very good thing. But that is not going to solve the incel problem. One of the major problems with this philosophy is that sex workers aren't therapists. And a lot of people in the incel community absolutely need therapy. Not all, but some. And this is why. In certain elements of the incel community, they see women as good for one thing and one thing only, to provide sexual gratification for them. Any other aspects of their humanity are to be ignored. They're not to be treated as peers. They're just there for your sexual gratification. And that's something I believe only therapy can correct. I don't know if you can just tell somebody, hey, women are people too, and have them understand that if their viewpoint is women are just sexual objects. And if they do not want to have sex with me, then they are evil and wicked and should be harmed. That seems very cut and dry until you read some of these message boards and then you realize that for a good chunk of this population, that is how they see women and that's very dangerous, I think. Sex workers aren't therapists. They're not there to help someone with mental issues that they're having. And I think the more malignant strain of incel definitely falls into the mental illness problem, not just the I'm sexually frustrated, therefore I hate women problem. I think that there's a multitude of reasons why someone would fit that malignant incel description. And it's not just that they're sexually unattractive. It's not just that they're not conventionally attractive. I think part of the reason they have trouble forming relationships with other people goes a lot deeper than that. Because we've all known conventionally unattractive people that have no problem finding partners. So it's not so simple as, you know, I'm short and I'm overweight and I'm not really handsome and that's why I can't get a partner. And that's not really the truth because I think we all know short, overweight, not necessarily handsome people that have partners. 
So I think that there's a deeper layer of kind of an antisocial behavior and there's more to it than just the physical side, just the attractive side. I think that a very unattractive person can still get a partner if they aren't toxic in general, right? I feel like there's a lot more that goes into it than just not being super handsome. So as I said, just having legalized sex work and that being an outlet for that sexual frustration, that might ease some of the problem, sure, but it's not a solution for the problem. Because again, you know, sex workers are not therapists. They're not there to fix your entire person. They're there to relieve a certain aspect of what you need. Another thing to consider is that, you know, being celibate isn't just about not having sex. There is a lack of relationship problem. And when you go to a sex worker, you're not there to form a girlfriend, boyfriend, 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 girlfriend, girlfriend relationship. That's not what sex work is about. There can be a healthy relationship between a sex worker and their client, but it's not a partnership relationship. It's not something that's going to take the place of having a girlfriend or having a boyfriend or having someone in your life to share your life with. So again, with the incel community, it's not just a matter of not being able to have sex. It's not being able to form relationships, meaningful relationships with other people. And I would not be surprised that someone who would think of themselves as an incel or feel that they are involuntarily celibate also has trouble forming relationships with their peers, would also have trouble forming friendships with other people in general. Obviously, this is not going to speak to everyone, but I think that a lot of these antisocial behaviors that are exhibited by the incel community it's not just going to be opposite sex attraction or same sex attraction. It's going to be, you're not very good at making social bonds with other people. So again, sex work is not a replacement for a relationship. It may relieve some sexual frustration, but sexual frustration is only a small part of the loneliness and disenfranchisement that these guys are feeling because they don't have relationships with women. So just having a sex worker relationship, again, that might help a little bit, but it's not going to solve the problem because the problem is a lack of relationships in general, sexual and otherwise. And a third problem that I have with this notion that, you know, legalizing sex work will solve the incel problem is that you're asking a lot of sex workers to somehow fix someone that might be very dangerous to them. You know, there's a lot of hostility and misogyny coming from the incel community towards women. So the notion that legalizing sex work will solve that, I think what that would do is just put a lot of sex workers in more danger because there is a lot of anger and rage and resentment that comes from that more toxic side of the incel community. So again, I don't I think it's very reductionist to say all we have to do is legalize sex work and that will take care of the incel issue. I really don't think it will. I think that it might alleviate some of the problem for some members of the community. But by and large, the solution to the incel problem isn't just legalizing sex work. So what is the solution? I wish I had a gold-plated certificate to tell you, just do this. It's a multifaceted issue, and we're dealing with a bunch of different problems. So on kind of a most extreme level, we're talking about intensive therapy. 
you know, why intensive therapy? Just being celibate is not a mental problem. You know, a lot of people are celibate by choice or for reasons that do not extend into the you have a mental issue problem. I think when you look at women as worthless airheaded bimbos that only exist on earth for the purposes of sexual gratification, that is something that's wrong with you. There's a disconnect in not being able to see women as human beings that are valuable in and of themselves, even if they don't want to have sex with you. Like, you may not have a mental illness, but there needs to be some therapy for that. You need to have some education at least. You need to understand that just because a woman doesn't want to have sex with you doesn't make her evil or bad or harmful to you. So yeah, even if that brand of incel doesn't necessarily fall into the mentally ill category, there are some very strong antisocial problems there that will need to be solved before we can get anywhere with a solution. But the reason that I think that therapy should definitely be on the table is some of the more extreme notions and beliefs within the incel community about women specifically. You know, very violent, very misogynistic, very hateful, going far and above beyond just, I'm sad because I can't get a girlfriend, to I want to kill all women because women have harmed me by not having relationships with me. And this exists. And unfortunately, this kind of very toxic thinking gets echo chambered around these social networks and a lot of people are bonding together under this shared notion of we're incels and we hate women, which is really toxic, obviously. I shouldn't have to say that. But if you read these message boards and you see the manifestos that these guys are writing, it's very, very troubling. And when you see actual attacks against women based on this incel ideology, then you realize that, yeah, for some people in this community, they need some help. They need some mental help counseling with this issue. They need to be brought back from the brink and shown that, you know, hey, hang on, <laughs> you're going way, way too far with this. And whether it comes from self-loathing, whether it comes from pain and anger and disappointment and loneliness, you know, yeah, I get that. We all have those experiences and it's very easy to externalize that and focus that on the target of our desire but it's deeply unhelpful and it's deeply unhealthy to turn that anger outwards. It's not healthy to turn it inwards either. Learning coping mechanisms to deal with those feelings is healthy. Coping mechanisms besides having fantasies about harming women because of your problem. So for some people in that community, therapy is definitely on the table. I don't think that everyone who's an incel is crazy and needs to go to mental health counseling. I think that for a lot of people in the incel community, just kind of a check, just kind of pushback, just kind of not living in an echo chamber that supports these very negative and harmful views, having people on the outside of the community saying, hang on, you know, don't you think you're going a bit far with this? Do you really feel like all of your problems are a result of this person not wanting to have an intimate relationship with you. Does that really seem fair? Does that seem right? Does that seem plausible to you? That all of your negative feelings are the result of this stranger who doesn't know you not wanting to have sex with you. Or someone that you do know and want to be friends with, but they just want to be friends with you, right? The classic friend zone problem of 
being friend zoned is worse than death. You know, I like this girl, but she only wants to be my friend. Therefore, she's now useless to me. That is such a toxic attitude and such a toxic way of looking at women in general that a woman's only value is if she will have sex with you. I, I cannot tell you, like, if that is your opinion of women, if that is how you look at women, that is how you think about women, then women are absolutely right to want to avoid you and not want to be intimate with you and not want to be sexually partnered with you. It's surprised they want to be friends with you if that's how you see them. Because being friends with someone has a value in and of itself that I feel like I shouldn't have to explain. That being friends with someone is valuable in and of itself. Someone willing to be your friend is a wonderful thing. Not wanting to have sex with you, there's a myriad of reasons why they may not want to have sex with you. And none of them are necessarily your fault, but they are what they are. And you just have to accept that. Valuing people only for what you get from them is antisocial behavior. And that's something that's going to make your life difficult in any relationship, but especially in a potentially intimate relationship. If you only see this person as a source of your sexual pleasure, they are right to not want to be partnered with you. Just on the basic facts of the situation, physical attractiveness having nothing to do with it. This stuff extends to nice guy syndrome, where someone feels like they're a good guy, they may not be that attractive, but they treat people really well, but they don't get the girl. The girl goes out with the bad guy and the bad guy treats her badly and now she's sad. And if she only would date me, she'd be happy. Again, very reductionist. And you're looking at women as a monolithic block. And you're deciding that the only reason that someone may not want to be in a relationship with you is your physical appearance. That might be part of it, but it may also be this notion you have that they should just go out with you because you're entitled to it, because you're a nice guy. Well, nice guys don't act that way. Nice guys don't look at women who don't want to date them and think, oh, well, she's such a bad person because she won't date me. She won't have sex with me. If that's your thought, then you're not a nice guy. That's just how it works. Nice guys finish last. No, they really don't. And women don't only date bad guys. Do women sometimes end up in bad relationships with people? Yes, absolutely. And so do guys. And do we make mistakes in life and choose the wrong partners who end up hurting us? Absolutely. I have done that many times myself. I hope that I have not been the partner that hurts someone, yet I know I have in some ways. That's just how life works. But what goes on between somebody else's relationship isn't necessarily your business and doesn't really reflect on you. You know, you have your friend and she's dating someone that you don't like. And you see them having trouble and you think, oh, if she only dated me, everything would be great. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you two would have the exact same troubles that they're having because troubles tend to come from both people in a relationship. It's usually not one-sided. So there's a lot more to a relationship. Relationships are complicated. They take work. They take effort. They take generosity on both parts. And looking at these message boards and reading these, you know, rants about women in general it's very clear to me that these people would not make good partners and women are very right to want to avoid someone that has that mindset. So it's kind of a fix yourself first and then let's talk about having a relationship with somebody else. So that goes back to counseling, that goes back to education, that goes back to helping these guys. And again, I'm saying guys a lot because the problem I'm seeing is incel guys 
being misogynistic towards women. So the problem with these guys is that they don't understand how to have a healthy relationship. They don't understand that they need to value someone as more than a sex object. They need to understand that women are individuals. Women are going to want different things. Women aren't a monolithic block that can just be stereotyped into sex doll. You know, so what is the solution for this? You have to come at it from a bunch of different sides. Some people are going to need therapy. Some people just need more education and more guidance on what makes healthy relationships. We need to model good behavior. And that's something that I'm trying to do. That's specifically why I'm having podcasts like this is to model positive male behavior, positive masculinity instead of toxic masculinity. And I don't know if there's enough of this. And unfortunately, there is a growing industry based around toxic masculinity. You know, guys like Andrew Tate come to mind that objectify women and use women and are very misogynistic towards women. And they have this cult following, you know, the pickup artist thing, the subscribe to my channel and I'll teach you how to pick up women. That whole industry is very harmful. And it legitimizes this mindset in a way that we really shouldn't legitimize. We should be very clear as a society that this is bad behavior. This is not behavior to look up to. This is not behavior to emulate. And I don't know if there are enough people saying, hey, no, be like this instead. So in my very, very small way, that's part of what I'm trying to do is exhibit and show that there's another way to be a man. There's another way to be a positive influence in the world around you, that there's another way to be a good partner that's not toxic on the masculine side. So that all rolls back together with that comment, you know, real men don't ask permission, real men just take, and what women want is to be bossed around. No, it's not. And you've seen our videos. Most of you have seen our videos. If you were to watch our videos and only see that, you might think that that's my philosophy, that women are to be used and treated roughly, and they're just objects of sexual gratification. And that's not me. That's not how I feel. I'm showing you a type of play. For myself, I value my female partners extremely, as people, as peers. And if I do have a relationship with someone where they want me to be in charge, I'm happy to take on that role. But I've had many relationships where that was not the case, where we had a peer-to-peer -peer relationship entirely, and I never bossed them around and told them what to do. Or we had a combined relationship where in our day-to-day -day life, we were peer-to-peer. -peer. And in play, when we were specifically doing BDSM and kink play, I was in charge and they enjoyed that. But that doesn't mean that that's what they want in their entire life. So... Again, saying that all women want to be bossed around, wrong. Saying that some women want a level of independence and also a level of being bossed around, sure. Saying some women want to be bossed around all the time, absolutely. Some women do want that. But I think they are kind of the minority. I would say that most women want a large degree of autonomy and they don't want to be bossed around, especially by some guy that they have not given permission to. So... As always, there's a lot more to talk about on this topic. I've kind of run long and I want to get this out today, so we will revisit this again. I'd also like to have Koch's input on this as a woman who is independent in her own right, but also enjoys a leadership style of relationship with me, for example. I think that would be a good input on this as to how she balances that.
you know, what she wants in a relationship, the permission she's given in a relationship to be dominated, to have someone tell her what to do because she enjoys that. But she would not enjoy that from someone she did not give permission to. That I can state as a fact. So stay tuned. We will get back to this. Please send in your questions and comments on this topic or any topic that you want to talk about. I'm always happy to listen. You can find links to contact me at wickedfellow.com on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon. There's a lot of different ways to reach out. And I do value that feedback extremely. As always, consent is king. Take very good care of each other. And I'll see you next week.